Come on, Jax. Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our home win against Inferman, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I am pretty good. Um, happy with the result of the weekend. That's us all but secured playoffs, barring a disaster come Saturday, but aye, positive. And Vinny Ferguson's here. Vinny, how are you? I'm very well. Uh, thanks for having me back. You're very welcome. Vinny, I'll start with you then. The starting 11 on Saturday, it looked like a, a sort of straight 4-4-2 with Turner on the right, Tiffany on the left, Graham and Yukubiak through the middle. Were you happy with that starting 11 and do you think that's our strongest starting 11, maybe looking ahead to the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was interesting. I was um, going to the game with my two boys and, and Callum, who's the, the ball boy, he was looking at the, the lineup and he said, Oh, we've got the option though to, to go 4-3-3 if we don't want Turner out on the right. And I thought that was very insightful for a nine-year-old. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he was it was spot on. The it was 4-4-2, but we had the opportunity to switch it around if if we wanted. Tiffany could have gone further up, and you could be gone out wide. It's just funny that earlier on in the season we were all bemoaning the fact that Kyle Turner was played way out of position out on the right-hand side, but in the last few weeks we've been crying out for it because we've realised that what he brings with set pieces, it's worth playing him you know, marginally out of position just to have him in the squad for, for the set pieces, which you know, proved to be right again on Saturday. Absolutely. Does your son play football manager or FIFA? <laughs> he does play football manager, yeah. <laughs> His greatest achievement was winning the uh, he, he won the Premiership with Dumbarton and he oh, was able to and he was given the option of uh, renaming the brand new stadium, uh, which he called the Pooh Arena. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Reese, what about you? Were you happy with the starting eleven? I um, can't have any complaints to be honest. Um, I don't understand why Turner doesn't start every week. Like as Vinny just mentioned, you fit guys like that into your team anywhere you can, just purely for their set piece deliveries. And, and you know for a fact, if, if anyone else in the league had a player who was so good from, from corners, they'd be in the team regardless of their form. Because, I mean, he's, he's lucky if he's played half the minutes this season and he's top of the assist chart still in the championship um, at this point in time. He's such a threat from corners. Um, and with regards to the rest of the team, it probably is our strongest 11. The only guy that you could maybe say is, is a bit harshly treated is Tunji. I think Tunji could maybe get in there at some point. But apart from that, you can't have any complaints with that team. Vinny, I'll come back to you with a question just before we move on to the performance. You mentioned uh, your son spotted we could switch it up to 4-3-3. And I want to ask you about Alex Jakubiak. Where do you think he is strongest? Do you think he's strongest through the middle, up front, by himself, in a strike partnership? Do you think he's better out wide? Where do you see his strongest position? First of all, I'd, I really, really like the guy. and he, I've, I've, 
it's been a long time since I've been so desperate for a player to to open his account. Um, you know, not not just through desperation wanting the team to win, but he just the guy gives everything. I think he's got so many good uh, attributes. He holds the ball up well. He's got pace. He just he's um, I can't remember. It might have even been yourself, Matt. Somebody just compared him to uh, Adi Aziz uh, the other week as he was running through on goal, and it was uh, yeah, it's it's a wee bit like that. For me, I, th- I thought he played really well on Saturday again. He got a good reception as he came off, um, which was thoroughly deserved. For me, it's, it's it's as a partnership. I think him and Graham work really, really well. And we'll maybe come on to it later on about how, how we'll shape up on Friday night against Ayr. But um, it'd be really interesting to see him with another straight partner. I wonder if him and Alegria would be interesting, or actually him and Tiffany would work out you know, up top. Uh, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of him. I don't think he brings as much when he's out wide, but listen, he's he's a grafter, and no matter where you put him in the team, he'll he'll put in a lot of effort. And like I said, I'm I'm a big fan. I just really want him to score. Absolutely, it was a it was a shame slash disaster when he missed that setter <laughs> on on Saturday, but I'm sure it'll come. Uh, we will look ahead to the air game a bit later on. But Reese, what did you make of the performance on Saturday there? I think it was back to the first one that we've seen maybe a, a month or so ago. Um, we just looked pretty solid, to be honest. I don't think we came under too much of a real threat from Dunfermline. They had that, that big chance with the, the awkward bounce and Snedden came rushing out and it looked like they were just about to roll it into an empty net. And then Stephen Hendry, who I'm sure we'll touch on at some point today, he's been getting better and better every week and that's arguably his best performance in a Thistle jersey. Made that amazing last-ditch tackle. Like, that's it's it's as good as a goal. It keeps us in it keeps us in the in the lead at that point. But yeah, we just we look quite comfortable. Um, we could have could have been three 0 up early doors. Graham had that chance where he, he turned and turned his man in the box and had the shot saved. Um, and Tiffany had a had a shot just wide. I think it was after we went one 0 up. So we could have been a couple up at half time. And then obviously as we've just mentioned with Yukubiak's chance. And, and it's funny, like just touching on Yukubiak. Like, He's, he's a really good football player, but I just don't think he even knows what position he is because he's not really a, a striker and he's not really a winger. He's not a number 10 either. He's just a, a, he's a football player, to be honest, and, and I enjoy having him in the side. As, as Vinny's mentioned, he does put in a lot of work and he is a bit like Rudden, maybe minus the goals, but yeah, I'm happy to see him in the team um, and he, he does provide something different. So, good performance all round. Um, another clean sheet, which is just... It's, it's mental, I think, how many is that this season? I know Snedden's had 21 in all comps. Um, I think Harry Stone might have had a couple of, a couple as well. But it's it's actually some going for the team. And three points at the end of the day, and it's, it's all but secured now. So, aye, no complaints. Absolutely. I think that was actually one of Snedden's quieter clean sheets. But I thought the back four played really well. And we have a question from a long-time listener. A first-time contributor, David Forrest, has got in touch and said, um, was Stephen Hendry's slide tackle the best of the season? Um, can anyone remember any other any other slide tackles that could top that? Or just, not just have to be this season, any famous Thistle slide I don't, tackles? I, I don't remember the exact game, but um, I know that Lewis Mayo had an absolute belter, um, and it was the ball was bouncing at the time, it wasn't on the deck or anything, and he came through last-ditch tackle from behind and he won the ball. It was an absolute belter. Um, I think Kevin Holt had won the Queen of the South game where he scored the penalty and he went back up the other end and, and made a great block. Um, but just all season, we've, we've seen guys putting their body on the line where, where you don't ex- 
expect them to get the ball and somehow they've made a last-ditch tackle out of nowhere. And it's just credit to the defence, to be honest, because they've showed great commitment all season. They look solid. They win their aerial battles. They're good with the ball at their feet. And obviously today we've just had that pre-contract for Harry Milne. So the defence is just getting stronger and stronger. You've got Darren Brownlee coming back. And hopefully, I, 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 pray, I pray that we can get something sorted for Lewis Mayo next season because he is a, he's genuinely one of my favourite Thistle players in a long, long time. I think he's an absolutely immense football player and what a talent. I agree on Mayo. We might as well uh, stick on the left-back position while we're on it. Harry Milne, as you mentioned, Reese was announced today. He's scooped up a lot of awards playing for Cove. Lots of goals, lots of, lots of assists, but by all accounts, a very solid defensive fullback as well as going forward. What do you think that means for us going into next season? And what do you think it means for Stephen Hendry, who has started to pick up form in recent weeks after a slow start to his Thistle career, Vinny? Um, yeah, well, f- first of all, it's, it's really exciting. It uh, reminds me of when we signed, funnily enough, another left-back. We signed uh, Aaron Sinclair from Montrose. And Reese, I think you put it on your Twitter earlier, about you've just not heard anything bad about Harry Milne um, which is amazing and uh, it was a wee bit similar with uh, Aaron Sinclair um, just you know a, a really good talent, I think Sinclair might even have been younger than, than Harry Milne but just a really exciting signing from lower leagues and yeah not not a bad word to be said about him but it's just a shame again that uh, Stephen Hendry plays his best game of the season and then we go out and, and sign a, a, a young promising left back uh, however, I wonder if it's maybe not the end for, for Hendry. As you said, he's, he's come on to a game. He's got better and better with each each, each game he's played. You could see he, he wasn't match fit when he first arrived, but he's improving week on week. But I, I think Stephen Hendry has played left centre-back as well. So maybe it's it just gives us options, actually. For, for, for next season, we might look at Holt staying as a, a, a centre-back and maybe Hendry's just providing competition for both of those slots. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Whether he's happy to do that or not, that's that's up for McCall to decide. But if you know Holt, Hendry and, uh, and, and Milne are all there next season, then that's maybe not necessarily a bad thing. No, I agree. I think we've seen Hendry fill in on the left-hand side of a midfield four as well this season. And... The size of the squad is something that's maybe come under a bit of scrutiny in recent weeks as the fixtures have p- piled up. So options in the squad, always a good thing if Stephen Hendry's happy to hang about. And I don't think it'll just be as a squad player. I think he'll, he will get minutes next season, uh, despite Harry Milne coming in. Vinny, what, I've not asked you about your thoughts on the, the performance as a whole on Saturday. What did you think of us? I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, it was. I, I don't know whether it was the... You know the tension of that wind. Obviously, seeing the the Wraith score and knowing that we had to hang on, um, and also um, I could feel it was the the end of my jinx um, as well. So after 861 days, I finally saw Thistle win in the flesh. And I, you know, I had a feeling when I woke up on Saturday morning, today was going to be the day. And we got that goal, and we had these missed chances. And then I was sitting right down the front because, like I said, Callum was the ball boy, and I was sitting with my other one. And Callum just kept turning round, like, how long's left? How long's left? So that was adding to the tension. But I, I really enjoyed the game. I saw some people commenting afterwards how terrible Thistle were. And it's like, do you know what? At this point in the season, I, I don't care. You just, we just needed to get over the line. The fact that we got a clean sheet 
um, as, as well was just a, a huge bonus. But uh, I'm just delighted that we're we're just about there, barring um, is that an eight goal swing on Friday night. So we're we're just about there, and we've got another couple of games to um, look forward to. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought we were really good, and it was quite an exciting first half, especially. I thought we created some decent chances. Um, Graham had one, and then Yakubiak had one in the second half, which was maybe a bit more against the run of play, but. You're a goal up against a team fighting for their lives in the penultimate game of the season. And as, as was commented on, I think, by Ian McCall and Ross Docker in the post-match interviews, they really went gung-ho, Dunfermline, in the second half. And it was it was hard for us to get out, but I thought we stood up to it really well. I'm not too sure what f- fans expected in a second half when we needed a win and they desperately needed anything other than Dunfermline putting the pressure on us. I thought we sort of did all the hard work in the first half and the back four finished the job in the second. The other well, thing that was really pleasing was the Dunfermline support were really vociferous from the start. Um, they were right behind their team, which was, you know, nice to see. But, you know, the, the Thistle support responded well to that. And, you know, that, that can play a part in a game if the Thistle support were a wee bit flat and the Dunfermline fans are... Because they came out in good numbers and they were they were singing right the way through the game. And that could have just given them an extra wee lift. And as you've rightly said, they threw everybody on at the end. And, you know, I, I honestly think a few weeks ago, that's that's the kind of game that we would have chucked. I think when the, the core of our team plays well, so the two centre-backs and the two central midfielders who sit deep, when they play well, I think we're such a, a tough unit to break down. I thought Holton Mayo were outstanding. Bannigan and Doherty, as usual, covered every blade of grass. Doherty's hit form again at the right time after a wee blip. Bannigan, Mr. Consistent. When, when that core plays well, I think we're a really tough team to break down. We'll look ahead to, to Friday night. And as Vinny said, Reese, we've got a, an eight-goal advantage, three points clear. Do we go full strength on Friday night or do we rest a few bodies ahead of a probable playoff on Tuesday? I don't think we should make wholesale changes. I don't think we should be giving uh, Andy Firth a game, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> I do think there's a, there's definitely room for a few players to get um, some rest, like your, your Grahams and your, your Tiffany, of course, after that, that we the wee scare that he had at half-time. I do think maybe the, the likes of Connor Murray should get a game. You might see Ben Stanway getting some minutes. And I mentioned on Twitter the other day, I'd quite like to see the, the young boy Cammy Cooper get make his debut because I don't know if you guys remember, he, he made his, his debut for the Scotland 17s and he scored a, an absolute screamer that, that the Fissile Weir posted on their Twitter. Um, and he's been he's been down on trial with, with Leicester, uh, Sheffield United, um, I think West Ham as well, to name a few. Um and it's one of the ones he's not signed a pro contract with us yet, so you want to give him a game time. Um, and if anything, it adds a adds a zero on his on his worth if we if we are going to sell a, a young boy like that. Um, it'd be good to give a, a a player a chance. I think he's the first the first boy that's played for Thistle that's made the Scotland team since Aidan Fitzpatrick um, a good few years back. So it'd be nice to see him get a game. Um, but I um, confidence is is really important. You want to build momentum going into these playoffs. So I would still like us to see pretty. Just to feel a pretty strong team and go out and get the job done. I don't want to be relying on Rafe not pumping Kelly because I do. I do think Kelly will play will play a bit of a weakened squad. They've got nothing to play for. They've won the league. They'll be uh, dishing out a few debuts. Um, some of their players probably still push from winning the, the league the other night. So it's one of the ones. I think Rafe might get a big one at the weekend. So I'd like to think that we'll go out and get the job done ourselves. Vinny, are you fielding a full strength team on Friday? 
Uh, it's a tricky one. Um, you're right, Reese, about keeping that momentum going and, and everything. So I think there's probably that spine of the team that you, you, you want to keep. Um, it'd be fantastic to see we uh, Cammy Cooper get a game. Um, I know he's agent and I'm not surprised he's he's getting opportunities to, to go and trial here, there and everywhere. Um, but, you know, good, good luck to him and hopefully we, we, we get to see him a wee bit before he goes, um, which would be nice. It's probably a good opportunity, like I said earlier, is it, um, to see if you could be at can play with with anyone else up there. Um, I definitely don't think, like you said, we won't see Tiffany. I'd be very surprised if we see Brian Graham at all. Um, it'd be again good to have Akinola back in the squad. Um, like you, Matt, I'm a big fan of him, and I, th I think he has been hard done by. Um, so, I've, yeah, I think we'll shake it up a wee bit, but not not too drastic. But it would be fantastic to see some young players get a game, and uh, yeah. Ben Stanway as well, you mentioned, who is just uh, on the periphery. I wrote an article about the, the academy last week and uh, Paul McDonald was, uh, you know, full of praise for, for Stanway's attitude um, and McCall's certainly a fan of him. So, yeah, I, th I, th I think we'll see a few changes, but not too many. Score predictions for Friday night then. Finney, I'll start with you. Um, it could be in, depends on the on the team, but so based on absolutely no knowledge at all of what the team selection will be, I'm going to go um, three two thistle. <laughs> I like it, Reese. I I could see it being one of those nights where we kind of go out with a bang and it's an absolute thriller of a game, but knowing thistle, we don't score more than one goal and we love a clean sheet, so one 0 Jags. I quite fancy Air to to go for it in a, a similar way that Dunfermline did, so I think it'll be quite open. I'm not sure Air are as good a team as Dunfermline, and I fancy us to nick a couple of goals as we already have done against Air. I think it's aggregate nine 0 so far this season, so I'll go I'll go three one Thistle. I'll go three one. So we're going to be very brave and assume that we have made the playoffs, and I'm going to ask you, Reese, I'll start with you. How would you rate this season out of ten? considering we're a newly promoted side, but the expectations were quite high at the start of the season. Do you think it's been a good one, uh, slotting into fourth place and making the playoffs? No, honestly, I do think it's been a pretty decent season. We've had our highs and we've had our lows. Um, there's been, we had that blip where we lost um, four goals in back-to-back -back games. But for the most part, it has been a good season. So a 10 out of 10 would be, you win the league title, I can't, or you play amazing football almost the 2012-13 season, that's probably as close to a 10 out of 10 as you'll get. So I'd say oh, somewhere maybe 7.5, verging on 8 out of 10, because at the end of the day, we've made the playoffs, that was the aim at the beginning of the season. Um, we've just fell short and ended up challenging for the title. There was a point where we were six points off with a game in hand, and we thought, right, we can actually go and do something here in terms of winning the league, but it wasn't to be. Um, and at the end of the day, we've we've still we've, we've met our targets, and I think anything less than fourth would have been a disappointment. If we didn't make the playoffs, I know we're a newly promoted team, but as I say all the time, confidence is the most important thing in football, momentum, etc. And you very rarely see a team go from promotion from League One into the Championship and not make the playoffs. It happens so often. You look at our bro, if you look at Ian McCausey United, teams always seem to make the playoffs. Um, and I would have been disappointed if a club like ourselves didn't make the playoffs after winning the league last year. So, uh, fourth place, third would have been nice, second would have been great, but at the end of the day, there's not much of a difference between that. So, fourth, we've made the playoffs, 7.5, I'll give it. 
Vinny? Yeah, can't can't disagree with any of that. That's a really interesting point, Reese, about um, the, the teams coming up from League One getting into the playoffs again. I'd never really thought about that, but you're, you're spot on. And I suppose, like you say, so much of that is about the winning mentality and, and players just having that um, focus and being in that habit. Yeah, I'd, I, th- I think I'd go with, with, with Reese there. It's just hilarious. It's, uh, you know, the Thistle support are just so funny sometimes because it, it literally went from, we're going to win the league, you know, and within two weeks it was, oh, well, we might as well just sack McCall and, and sell the stadium and just you know, give up on life. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely ridiculous, just these extreme reactions to, to you know, not scoring for a couple of games. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's a fair assessment you've made there, Reese. You know, the, the aim was playoffs. We've got there. I'd, I'd said a few weeks ago, maybe going up is a wee bit too soon for us in terms of squad development and everything like that. You know, I, I don't think anyone will complain if something wonderful happens and we end up getting promoted. But I think next year could be a really, really interesting league. And, I'd, I, you know, I really fancy our chances next year if it doesn't work out in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you both. I think I'll stretch to an 8 out of 10. I think the defensive record has been outstanding this season. And I think it's weird how sometimes you look at seasons and recency bias plays a part because I think if you flip the season and you had this last three, four months as the first half of the season and we were going into the playoffs scudding teams 4-0, 6-1, 3-0 on a regular basis, we'd be thinking, oh, this has been a fantastic season, 8s, 9s out of 10. And it's it's the full season as a whole you're judging it on. So we did get some really memorable matches in the first three or four months of the season the defence has been outstanding a record breaking defensive run um, we're closing in on clean sheet records as well and I think another thing to consider I think fans have probably including ourselves in the podcast have maybe increased their expectations because it's our growth we were battling with for, for the title at one point in promotion and if that wasn't our growth if that was maybe Dunfermline or one of the other pre-season favourites, would we have been so optimistic when we were four or five, six points behind them? Would we have settled for third or fourth if it wasn't our growth? Did we look at our growth and go, well, if they can do it, why can't we? That sort of thing. So so I'm happy to give the season an 8 out of 10. I've enjoyed large parts of it, even though some games have been a bit of an eyesore. But on the whole, a, a really good effort, I think, from the squad and staff. Matt, I think you made a really good point there about, you know, if, if the results were spun round the other way. And it just reminded me of the season. Obviously, the 12-13 season is like just peak Jags fans, legendary stuff. But I, just, I have a memory of the previous season, the 11-12 season, just being really, really fun. <laughs> and the, the game that springs to mind is that 5-0 down at Palmerston. And it was just like... You know, Doolin was in that team. Erskine Kearney was at the peak of his powers before he uh, before he moved on. Um, there was just lots of uh, Rousin, I think, was still there at the time. It was just a really really fun season. And then I'd look back at the results, and we had that three 0 at Dundee, the Kearney hat trick, the three one at Air United, the Mark McGuigan game where he jumps in the crowd, the five 0 at Queen of the South, and they're all towards the tail end of the season. But <laughs> that was also the year where we. Uh, drew with Coulter uh, uh, um, and we had some utterly miserable results as well like we just kept getting 
we got beat off Livingston consistently. Um, a couple of miserable home games as well. Ross County was that the year? That was the year they stormed the league, and it was just yes. Yeah, so I've just remembered actually how miserable it was. But exactly <laughs> that, that. My, my my memory was, was it was just same, great fun. <laughs> was that the year we lost one 0 at home to County Beef, or was that the season before? Because that was a shocker. That County Beef one. That was being in the cup, eh? No, no, it was back when they were in the championship. Like, I think they ended up getting relegated that year. Or not, in fact, they were in the year they were in the championship the year we won the league. But that's, I think that's they, right. they, they beat us one 0 at Fur Hill one day. I think it was Jamie Stevenson. I think he's actually a defender for his Cobridna, but he used to score screamers every week. Well, not every week, but every time he played us, he was scoring thirty yarders and stuff. Um, and they beat us one 0 at Fur Hill in absolute shambles of a day. Oh, I, I remember Jamie Stevenson well. He he was the year above me at school. Do you remember he signed for Real Mallorca? I actually remember that he was. Uh, he, like this is what I was talking about on the podcast last week. See, when I was um, right into my football manager, you end up like knowing pure nebulous information about like lower league <laughs> Scottish football. And Jamie Sned, uh, Jamie Sned, Jamie Stevenson was an absolute. He had an absolute wonder of a left foot, if I remember mm-hmm. right. He was he was a good player. I saw him get a hole in one. We went we were on a, a, a this is very very middle class Bishop Briggs story. But we were on a school trip, a golf school trip to St Andrews, and uh, I, I saw him getting a hole in one. Um, and uh, I remember he'd he just signed for a few years later he'd just signed for Real Mallorca, and I met him in uh, Gill's chip shop on Springburn Road, and he's just sitting there waiting on his chippy, and I was like Jamie. I heard this story that you're saying for Real Mallorca, and he's just like, "Aye, yeah, I have." Matter of fact, it was uh, it was the most bizarre thing. Um, but yeah, I, I I I thought he was a great player. I I, I really wanted us to sign him because he always scored against us. No, I agree. He was he was a cracking player. We'll move on then. Hopefully, we can have a, a similarly exciting end to this season, even though the last couple of months haven't been great. So, Vinny, how are you feeling ahead of again probable playoffs? Yeah. Fine, you know, I, I I didn't really have any serious expectations of us of us going up, and like I said, my um, you know, the, the what I had in my head was playoffs would be fantastic and a wee bit of intrigue towards the end of the season. Um, looking forward to Somerset Park on Friday night. Um, so it's always, aye, it's my favourite away ground. So looking forward to that, and then yeah, what will be will be. Um, yeah, I've. I've I suppose I'm feeling quite optimistic, but this will do that to you. Like, you know, with with with, you know, and, and from a different viewpoint, Saturday was a really scrappy one 0 win, and there's no optimism to be had. But I'm I'm not feeling that way today. So uh, yeah, bring it on. Reese, what about you? Playoffs? Can we go and do something? And it's it's actually funny. Um, you mentioned that about our brother earlier, Matt, because I was thinking today. I was like, right. Two games against Inverness. If you look at the last two games we played against them, we beat them 1-0 at Hull, and we had that free each game up at their place, which I can't believe it ended in a draw. can't believe we were ahead three times and didn't get the three points. So we beat Inverness, and then the only thing standing in our way between the playoff final would be Arbroath. And still, despite how good Arbroath have been, and we all know how good Arbroath are, and we know that we struggle against them, you're just like, but it's just Arbroath. You just need to beat Arbroath twice. Or not lose to our broth and you'll get to the playoffs against the Premiership team. It's only our broth. Like you just kinda get that out of your mind no matter how hard you try. But we we've got as good a good chance as anyone and I, I do appreciate what people say, like the squad isn't ready and that. 
Um, and I agree to an extent, another year in the Championship would only make us stronger. When the opportunity's there to go and get promoted, ultimately that's what you need to go and do. Um, and we've got as good a chance as anyone in the playoffs. So I'm hopeful that we can we can go and put on a good showing. But if it's not to be, it's not to be. So we're basically promoted in your head, Reese. <laughs> uh, I'll be disgusted if we don't get up. And <laughs> every, every signing we're making is for the Premiership anyway. Aye. Well, well, we'll talk about the other pre-contract signing that was announced in the last week. Anton Dowds spent the first half of the season at Arbroath and returned to Falkirk. Scored goals throughout the season. Reese, you happy with that one? Well, funnily enough, I, I've been quite vocal in the past um, where I, I haven't really thought that Anton Dowds was the, the finished article. And I still don't think he is, but he's actually had a really good season and that's that's testament to the character of Anton Dowds because you look at him, um, he came through um, at Heriot Watt and he got a move to East Fife. Um, done well by all accounts, was was a good player for East Fife and he got that move to Falkirk, which although it was still League One, it was a pressure of playing for a bigger club. Um, and it didn't quite work out for him last season. He had he had a bit of a, a bad time and then obviously fell out, of the, fell out of the squad altogether at the beginning of this season. And it, it was got a, quite a noticeable mention in that infamous Falkirk uh, Q&A, AGM, meet the board, whatever you want to call it, where they, they basically slaughtered him. Uh, Gary Hope stood up and was saying, well, we got rid of the guys like Anton Dowd, we've replaced him with so-and-so. Whilst he was still contracted as a Falkirk player, he went, uh, went got a move up the league, uh, up the division, um, up to Arbroath. Done a great job, um, showed his physicality, found his, his goal-scoring form, and actually ended up winning, the, I think it was the December player of the month for the championship. And he's got all the attributes. He, I mean, he went back to Falkirk, showed great character to go and put on a shift there as well. I think he scored a hat-trick in his first game back. And I think he's he's got 13 goals for the season now. So I'm looking forward to seeing him at Fissel. He's, he's, he's showed that he's got a good character about himself and I think that he will be a good option. But me personally, I hope it's kind of an upgrade on Ross McKeever and not so much as that Rudden replacement. I hope that we do have... I do imagine we will get another striker in the door this summer. And I do think eventually um, Anton Dowds will kind of be moulded into the the Brian Graham, so to speak, as being the target man um, and the big guy up front to knock down headers and such. But he's, he's not just a target man. That's doing him a bit of a disservice. He showed that he can finish and he, he's got a bit of pace about him. So he's a decent age as well. And I think he'll, he'll have a, a bit to show at his time at Fissel. Vinny, do you know much about Dibs? Um Yeah, I've, I've, I've been really impressed with him, to be honest. Um, I think... You know, a couple of things. I think this will be a good fit for him because he'll be um, playing and training alongside Brian Graham, who we already know has done a great job with the women's team. He's obviously got a, a keen eye for coaching. So I think that would just be a great influence for someone like Dowds. He's big. He's probably sort of similar height to, to Brian Graham. So that's, you know, that works for me. One of the things that we have missed in terms of a striker since, since Doolin is someone who can scored lots of different types of goals. Um, Doolin was, was great for that, about just improvising when it came to came to the finish. And you see that with Dowds. He, you know, he, he scores headers, he gets in the six-yard box, which proves that his, his movement and awareness of space is good. There's a few longer-range efforts. Um, he, he's happy taking goalies on one-to-one, um, uh, which which is just fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how he gets on. Um, also, he is you know, taking a similar career path as 
well, the other way around, to, to one of our legendary strikers and, and uh, current employee of the club, Jerry Britton, because he's got a law degree, hasn't he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, international business and business law. So there, there you go. go. Daniel, I'll stick with you. What else do you think we need to do ahead of next season, assuming we're going to be in the championship? So assuming we're going to be in the championship, I think holding on to key players, which is a really nice thing to say. I, I don't think we need a big overhaul anywhere. I think we need to hold on to key players. You know, Doherty and Bannigan aren't going anywhere. Um, Rhys, you, you, you spoke about the importance of Lewis Mayo. Yes, absolutely. If something could be thrashed out for, for him, that would be incredible. Um, we've managed to get a few key players tied up on, on longer deals. Snedden's a key one. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I just cannot believe that some people continue to slate this guy despite this clean sheet record. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. And, and to, to highlight errors that he has in his game, that's just totally irrelevant. I mean, you, you wouldn't get people criticising all of Scott Tiffany's mistakes or Brian Graham's mistakes, but because he's a goalkeeper, he's the last line of defence. When he makes a, a mistake everybody notices and that's that's what people pick up on so I think you can just totally forget about them because what he's brought us in terms of points this season is is is, is unreal um so I think the key thing is holding on to 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 our key players we probably need another goalkeeper and that could be an experienced guy just as backup just a, a wee bit of competition for Snedden um, obviously didn't work out with, with Harry Stone and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure Andy first the answer for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the recruitment is good. I think, you know, looking at football, Scottish football Twitter, people are really impressed with our signings so far and they've been impressed with the, the players that we've, we've signed on contract extensions. Um, you're maybe worried that someone like Scott Tiffany's head might be turned, but I'm sure with Dowd's coming in and and and, and Milne coming in that Tiffany's thinking, I right, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around here for another wee while. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling quite optimistic. I think you make a really good point about Snedden. I think he's had a an outstanding season, and I've noticed the the Championship Team of the Year has just been announced. And I think Snedden's quite unlucky not to be in it. Not just the clean sheet record, of course. I think a lot of the saves he's made have been really eye-catching, outstanding saves. He's improved his already impressive command of his area for a goalkeeper who's quite slight in size compared to other goalkeepers at this level. Um, I think he's really improving all aspects of his game. I think he's quite unlucky to miss out on that championship team of the year, but he'll definitely be up for for Thistle's player of the year. Um, I think he was included in the the poll on the the club Twitter, so I I think he's in with a shot of that. On Snedden, like. Um, I think it's Zach Hemmings, the, the goalie for the team of the year. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think Zach Hemmings is a good goalie. He's got really good distribution. He's good with the ball at his feet. But I do think um, it should have been Snedden. And the only reason uh, Snedden's not in the team is because we've already got four players in it. I mean, Mayo, Holt, Tiffany and Graham all getting in the team of the year. And deservedly so. But if there was five Fissile players, then you would get everybody else moaning. How can there be five Fissile players? They finish fourth in the league, etc., etc. So I think you just fallen victim to... There's already four Fissile players in the team, and it's one of the ones. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Rhys, what areas are you looking to, to strengthen in, in the summer? Still pretty much similar to, to what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I think I were crying out for a right winger. Um, 
but as we've said, the early business that we've done so far, it's sort of ticking all the boxes. We need, um, we probably need another striker. Um, as I say, um, we've already identified that both fullbacks need improved upon. Um, and we've went and done that. We've got Harry Milne in, um, and I imagine a right back will will follow in the near future. We look we look really stacked in midfield, so I don't think there'd be exactly wholesale changes in terms of any centre mids coming in. Um, but I think a few forwards and uh, a goalie, a centre half, etc. I don't have any any names as such. I know there's been there's been names uh, bandished about, like people have said that uh, Laws is coming back, uh, Ian Fitzpatrick's coming back, um, and McCall's told them this, McCall's told them that. But that's all just hearsay. So we'll wait and see. I think it will be a pretty pretty exciting summer, um, and we'll do a good bit of business. And uh, you keep, as as Vinny's mentioned, a lot of a lot of people on Twitter are, are kind of tipping us for the league already. We, we went out and doing our business early, and it, it is really good to see. I remember we've done it a couple of years back now, but even even earlier, but it was January time we announced um, that Ross Docherty and Darren Brownlee both signed uh, pre-contract agreements. And it is a tool that McCall's been utilising a lot, and it, it does it does really have its effect. You're getting your business done early. Teams are looking about, and it, it might turn the head of other potential suitors, like, you may have free agents out there that think, if I saw having a right go at it next year, I want a bit of that, I want to sign for them. So it can only be a good thing. Vinny? Uh, yeah, uh, Rhys, you you, uh, you know, correctly pointed out that uh, a right-back should follow. Uh, I have no idea what his um, contract status is at the moment, but I've, throughout this season, uh, I've really liked the look of Regan Tumulty, uh, Wraith Rovers, the right-back there. I think... Uh, He's 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 really impressed me. I I quite like Kieran McKenna. I just really wish the guy had a wee bit more confidence. Um, he's I, I think he's played well the last few weeks actually, um, but he's he's maybe not that long term answer we're looking for at right back. But uh, yeah, Tumulty at Wraith Rovers I think would would be a great shout for us. I'm glad you mentioned McKenna, Vinny, because he was actually in my notes to give to give a shout out to, and I, and I forgot. I mentioned last week, I don't think McKenna's the, the long-term answer at right-back, and, and I still don't, but I thought he was excellent on Saturday, especially in the first half. He had three or four excellent crosses, which could have ended up um, with goals. I thought McKenna had probably his best game in a good in a good wee while on Saturday, so, so thanks for reminding me about him. Earlier this week, David spoke to the Thistle women's side's left-back, Kim Murphy, ahead of Sunday's massive Scottish Cup semi-final against Glasgow City. Patrick Fissel left back Kim Murphy. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm very excited for this Sunday uh, Women's Cup semi final against Glasgow City um, at Falkirk Stadium at half four. Um, it's a, a big day out uh, for the club and uh, for the fans. What's the mood in the camp going into the into the game? Um, it's, it's good. It's been really good that, this week. Well, the previous week there. We had a few setbacks in terms of girls being unwell. We had a, like about four, five, six girls maybe out with either COVID or some sort of virus. So it's been a bit of a disrupted week there. But 
coming up on Tuesday we'll be ready to go again. Um, everyone's really looking forward to it. It's been such a big occasion for us, so we're really, really positive about it. Absolutely, and yeah, for the club, I mean, for Thistle as a club, we've not been to a Scottish Cup semi-final, men's or women's, since what, 2002. So it's it's a huge it's a huge day for the club as a whole. And mm-hmm. I think I'm right in saying I think that the the girls in the team don't have too much experience of this sort of occasion. I think uh, Danica Diel won the 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 cup. I think she scored the winning goal in the cup final. But to yourself, what does it mean to be in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup? <laughs> it means a lot. It's a lot to be proud of I think for the girls um, in general how we started this season I think we were written off in a lot of, a lot of ways and we've already proved you know how how we've competed in this league but I think to get to the semi-final is massive for us um, I've been in the Scottish Cup finals before I will win the Scottish Cup at under 17s um, but never as senior football and I even remember under 17s how big it was and um, I'm hope hoping it'll be the exact same, if not a bigger occasion for us, if we can get there. Where, where did you play the under-17s? Where was it? I actually yeah. think it might have been at Falkirk as well, to be fair. I think that's where we played it. Was, God, it's, you're going back the years now, so obviously I'm 30. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was Falkirk Stadium as well. If anybody asks, I'll say it was four years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, <think. laughs> there you go. Um, but no, it's fantastic. And yeah, like, it's, it's real tantamount to the progress that the club have made over the last couple of years. I mean, you joined the la- you joined last season, is that right? In SWPL2? Yes. And Yeah, from Kilmarnock. And the obviously there was the unexpected promotion, but I mean... How, how, have you view, how have you viewed your time at the club in terms of last season and this season? What has been your sort of biggest achievements outside of, you know, say the, the Hibs game? Um, p- personally, for me, um, probably actually playing in SPL1 in general, um, getting game time. I was, you know, I wasn't shy in saying that I was quite apprehensive about uh, the step up. So actually playing kind of consistently in SPL1 against you know the established clubs that have been doing it for so long has been a big achievement for me and I think for a lot of the girls um just to be a part of this team that's managing to kind of obviously the promotion things changing but managing is looking likely to stay up we kind of thought that how are we going to go here and compete um and now as we're coming to the end of the season we're looking back on certain games and saying you know we should have won that game we should have taken points from that and we're disappointed with some of our results so I think that's a kind of massive thing to look at the fact that we are looking at games where we're drawing against Spartans or um, Aki's and we're disappointed with it that that shows the progress that we've made already and I think it's been quite successful uh, considering that we are we have lost points where we could have taken more we're actually doing not too bad at all you, you talked about the jump up to SWPL1. Um, I know I would do this if I was um, a, a footballer on a team. Do you watch yourself in sports scene? <laughs> yeah, I do. We do. We do. We watch usually a record deck. So I always forget that it's on. Um, and that is mad. That is absolutely like when the theme song comes on and you see yourself. My big brother and my big cousin play football and they um, are in shock always now that I'm on the telly before they ever got on the telly. It's a kind of running joke in the family. So. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's weird seeing yourself on the telly, and usually I'm hanging my head in shame at some of the things I'm doing. But um, no, as it it's it's great to see it. My brother and my big cousin kind of played pro youth football. They were always uh, doing really well, and they've just played kind of junior since then. Um, 
but at the time that I, there was only a limited few girls that kind of made it um, big in women's football, so I definitely never thought it would have been me that ended up in the telly before them, no, absolutely not. Uh, and I don't let them forget it either. So I was going to say it's absolutely something you you you, you stick into them, don't you? You know, I'm a, I'm in sports scene, you know, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely, um, definitely. And we like to ask about Brian Graham, obviously a, a, a well known to um, fans in the, the the men's team for his his passion, um, and you know his amount of goals this season. What's Brian like? I don't want to give him too much of a big head, to be fair. Um, so Everyone I'll... says this when we get them on. <laughs> they don't want to give him too much of a big head. So. Uh, you don't have to deal with him three times a week. We do, you know. Um, he's, Brian's good. He's extremely passionate. Um, and, you know, we went to the men's game the other week uh, as well. And we can see that he does that, obviously, as a player. And he's just the same as a coach. He expects kind of the best and strives for it. So he puts those expectations on us. And we always joke about the fact that his team talks are always about having belief and things like that. But he is a big promoter of it. And it is sticking with the girls. And I think you can see that every week when we go out and play. There is a lot of belief and unity in the team. And we all get along so well and kind of fight for each other. And that obviously does start from him and Doc, who's a wee bit more calm-headed and cool. He also has that mentality of well as kind of winning and sticking together. So uh, he's he's good. He's passionate. <laughs> but you said you went to the men's game recently. What game did you go to? Uh, oh, that's terrible. I've forgotten now. It was the one that they just they get beat in the last minute. Oh, against Ray Rover. That's the one, yeah. The one that was potentially going to get... Uh, yeah. Um, Jackie organised for all the girls... Um, to go for hospitality and go and watch the game and stuff like that. So it was a great experience as well. Me and um, Matt, who also does the podcast, um, we did hospitality at the at the start of the season. And if it was anything like our hospitality, it must have been a rough game on the Sunday afterwards because <laughs> we were absolutely hanging for about four days <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> did you have to make... Yeah, I assume you would have maintained a, a professional attitude and, you know, just on the, the, the lemonades. And... I, we've honestly never been so disappointed in our whole lives to find that, you know, that we had Celtic the next day and we walked up on the table, obviously, had you know bottles of prosecco and this and we were all just sitting there looking at it um and brian said you can have one drink and one drink only but to be honest nobody even bothered because we thought it's not worth it then chasing celtic players about the next day so uh, we sacrificed having a drink and just went for the just went for the game that's that's heartbreaking that, that's... it was it was it was really not a nice time <laughs> It's the whole, you know, if a tree falls in the forest, uh, no one's here to hear it. It's, if you go to hospitality and you can't have a drink, did you actually go to hospitality? Exactly. That's what we said. We were like, why did we not get asked to do this when we had all the three weeks in between? Um, but the gesture was really nice, uh, just the same. So uh, we did have a great day out, just uh, alcohol-free. We won't talk about the quarter bottles you all presumably had hidden in your jacket. <laughs> But um, on Sunday, it's a huge, huge game um, against Glasgow City. Glasgow City, the standard bearers of women's football, mm-hmm. um, have been, I think, 13 times champions, the only team to ever win the league title um, as of time of recording this pod- podcast because I know that they're, they're, in, they're in a bit of a fight at the moment. Glasgow City, you've had, you've had some 
bruising results and some uh, better performances and stuff like that. What What's the sort of mentality going into it? Um, I, I think it would be fair to say that you're probably viewed as underdogs. That would would you would you agree with that, or what? What's the sort of mentality going into a game like this? Oh, we're, we're absolutely the underdogs. Stemmed from really our first game against Glasgow City, we went out and you know we do a lot of kind of chatting and the kind of team talk at the beginning. And I said like we're written off from the start, girls. That's like we've we've they've got everything to play for. We've got nothing kind of against them. We need to go out and prove a point here. And I think every time we've went out and played against them, we have we've proved a point that actually. Yes, they, you know, they're full-time. They're automatically going to be fitter and a lot of them are taller and stronger and things like that. But we're definitely not a write-off anymore. And I think teams know that. I think teams are aware that they're going to get a game against us now. Whereas at the beginning of the season, I don't think Glasgow City or many of the teams in the league thought that, to be fair. So we're definitely the underdogs, but we're, we're going there to compete. We're not going there to say, oh, well, it was great we got to a semi-final. We want to be able to say, well, we got to a final or... You know, we did our very, very best to try and get there at least. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a, a procession. You know, they're going to have a battle on their hands, and that, that's what you want to see. That's all you can ask for, isn't it, Hannah? You know, if you, if you give your all, um, you can't really ask for more than that. But I mean, the, the results against Glasgow City—they've they, obviously, as you say, you can see improvements in performances when you play against teams, or from say the first game to mm-hmm. the last game against them, and. I, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm the deluded optimist on this pod. I'm still saying we have a 66 percent chance of winning the league title, despite the fact it's been mathematically Kilmarnock are champions. But um, I, I don't. I don't know. You, you just need to. You just need to believe. If you don't have a dream, you can't have a dream come true. Um, one question I wanted to ask you: When we inevitably crush Glasgow City seven 0 in the semi final? Excellent. I want to put you in the mindset. Um, I asked this to Demi as well um, a couple of weeks ago. It's a Scottish Cup final. Um, you're throwing. There's a stramash, twenty player stramash, <laughs> and basically it's left with you and a striker, two on one against the goalkeeper, and the ball's at your feet. Are you passing or are you shooting for the glory? Oh, I'm passing. I'm passing. I'm the biggest nervous. I get. I don't go over the halfway like like way line very rarely as it is. Uh, so if I was up there by pure chance or luck. I think I would definitely be passing to somebody that's better with the ball at their feet. A hundred percent passing. God, streaming at your nose as you're running down exactly. If you were to ask like Claire, Claire Doc or Cara, you know Taylor Fit, they would all shoot. They would, they would not even look, think twice. But if you ask like me, Demi, and a few of the other girls, I think we would definitely say pass. There's a lot of good fundraising things going on. We've had the auction recently. Um, where you know you could go out for for lunch with Brian Graham and win signed shirts and stuff like that, and they're doing the 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 player sponsorship and the season tickets. So how important is it for you to kind of get fans out? What what does it mean for you to have people cheering in the crowd, um, and getting more people out? It it means a lot. It means a lot to us, like the girls in general. Even um already the fact like some we've got a group of kind of the main team supporters that do come to our games quite regularly and that to me means a lot you know they come they know they know my name they'll speak to us after the game and stuff like that and they give up their time and money um to come and see us and we really really appreciate that so if we could have more Thistle fans behind us it would mean a great deal to us because when we went to the hospitality we actually went down to the pitch and we got quite a warm reception from from the Patrick Thistle fans and that was really nice as well 
that's one thing about the club that I've noticed massively and I really like about it is the kind of the unity and how they've embraced the women's team. So the more people behind us, the better. You know, the more funding we can get behind us, the better as well. It's only going to help us progress and, you know, take the club further. Yeah, and I'm, I'm determined on Sunday to try and get some get some sort of witty chant started. I'm, I'm not very good at getting them started, but it's my, my mission for the, the semi-final game to get some daft thistle chant started and get and get it ringing through. Even Mary Hill is wonderful or something like that. <laughs> so if, you, if you see a guy getting punched um, in the stands, you'll know that that is me. That's been you. Being too raucous or getting ejected by security. But um, there we go. But fa- thanks again, Kim, for coming on. It's been um, it's been great fun having you on. Um, obviously, good luck in the semi-final. Um, Thank you for the rest of the season. Thank you very much, and uh, looking forward to seeing you there at the semi-final on Sunday. finish as we always do with our partridge thistle section and after Clyde ended their stay at Broadwood with a humiliating 5-0 home defeat to Airdrie I'm going to ask you when have you embarrassed yourself at home Benny I'll come to you first okay so it's it's, it's being a man and I've, I've tried to get away from this whole sort of fierce masculinity thing in, in, in my house but I I, I change my voice when I'm talking to, um, you know, car dealership people, or or if 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 someone comes in to do a wee bit of work in the house, I turn into all right mate and all that kind of thing. Um, there was so there was one time, you know, but having said that, if if anything needs done in the house, I, I phone a man to come and do it because <laughs> I'm not touching it. Um, I, I have no idea how to do it. So uh, there was one time our dishwasher broke. And uh, I, I, I phoned this reliable man to, to come round and sort it. And, uh, you know, he's starting to, to take off the, the front cover and everything. So <laughs> using the, the, the Google knowledge that I'd, I'd gained earlier in the day, I said, you know, uh, mate, I'm, I'm really not sure. It might be a, a bit of a, a short circuit with the electrical, electrical connectors. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. How do we look at it earlier? Lying through my teeth. And the guy just turned around and looked at me. And he obviously took great pity on me and just went, listen, see when a tradesperson comes to your house, don't pretend you know what you're talking about or else that's the thing that they'll look and try and fix, even though they know it's not the thing that needs fixed and they'll charge you double for it. <laughs> so I was... Uh, very much humbled in, in, in my house uh, from that point of view. It was thoroughly embarrassing, but I did thank him for his honesty and admitted that I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I think we've all been all been guilty of that. Reese, what about you? I remember once, not too long ago, actually, maybe about half a year ago, um, I started a new job and there was all the training was online, like working from home and whatnot. And we're get, we were in a, a big team meeting before on Microsoft Teams and we were just... Um, listening to like basically basically one of the high hegens at this job just 
basically lecturing us for like almost an hour. And you know, I'm like in the in the podcast chat, I'm always sending in voice notes. Um and I thought I was on mute and I sent a voice note into like my pal's chat or whatever, and I'm just talking away, talking away. Um, and I didn't realise that I was no longer on mute. So everyone's <laughs> trying to listen to this big boss at this job. And I'm just talking pure irrelevant stuff to my house. And when I noticed I was dying inside, I just muted and didn't say it. And, um, and I had my lunch break after. But so during my lunch break, I'm like, oh, they'll, they'll mention it as soon as I go. Just play it off, blah, blah, blah. Didn't they mention it for about another three weeks? And then they brought it up, man. So that three weeks was torture. And I still think of it to this day. And eat myself for it. Actually, hate myself for it. <laughs> no, I've got one that my my friend did. So shout out to to my friend Ali if he's listening. It was his twenty first, and he came home when he was still living at home, absolutely steaming with his beer goggles on, mistook a a plant pot right next to his front door in his hallway as a a urinal, and had to be escorted upstairs after making quite a mess in his hall. So I'll land him in it this week rather than reveal anything embarrassing I've done. So I'm sure I'm sure he's not listening, but um, if he is, there you go, Ali. The shout out you've always wanted on Draw, Lose or Draw. Was he escorted um, by his mum? Because that, that could just add to it. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was one of our pals who, who sort of made sure he got into bed um, safely because it, was, it, it wasn't <laughs> one of them you left him at the front door. He had to be taken upstairs <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us this week on draw lose or draw we'll be back next week to look back on our game at somerset park which hopefully doesn't end in collapse and to preview the playoff tie against inverness in the meantime stay safe